0: I got 75 ED. 80. 75, 80, 80, 80. That's nice It is the market report, also known as the Tote Board Watchers Paradise. <laughs> it's Monday night. We're taping. Released on Tuesday. Every Monday night. Every Tuesday it gets released. Along with the cousin. I think it's a first cousin. The recap. All right. So this is the market look ahead. Then we do the recap. And then we get into the week heavy, Steve Fezzik, the guru of the Tote Board. But you didn't, listen, let's be honest, Fred, you didn't spend many wasted years at a dog track in Wheeling, West Virginia. As much as you think you know the Tote Boards, you didn't do that.
1: I did not.
0: And I was, you know, I, I think an MBA at Harvard would have cost, I'm not sure. I think I spent more at that track, getting the education.
1: You know, <laughs> it's funny because Wheeling, I've driven through the tunnel. Like oh yeah, four yeah. times. That's it. Uh-huh. Never been to the city. Just through the Wheeling tunnel, go go under the Ohio River. You know what's funny? Is oh no, under the mountain. You go over the bridge,
0: uh-huh, and uh-huh. then
1: under the mountain, right?
0: Something like that. I, yeah. I, it's a nightmare. No, I mean it's nice. It's nice. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> what's interesting is that if you look back to like the 1920s or 30s, Wheeling was a major city. Like I, I'd say, analogous to like Austin, wow. not not in size. Then, but relative importance.
1: Like it was the 48th biggest city in the U.S. or yeah,
2: something like
0: well, that. I, I mean, here's what you know. The Waltons, that was a show that was set in the, in the, well, the Depression. And they lived in Virginia, right? The Virginia Mountains. Well, they would talk about wheeling all the time, right? And I'll tell you, here's another wheeling for you. Did you ever see the Johnny Cash movie that had Joaquin Phoenix in it? Walk the Line, it was called heard of it but yeah yeah big movie he won i think he won the oscar for it well when he met roseanne cash uh, eventually they were having their little you know tug and pull in the scene in the movie was in wheeling when they finally i guess consummated their affection for each other and they were in a drugstore in wheeling Hmm. so and it's so one last point bob dylan in 1996 or 97 played in Wheeling, if you can believe it. I was living in Columbus, so I had to drive in because Dylan was playing 10 minutes from where I grew up in Ohio. That's very important to realize. Let's get to the market report. Now, you've done a lot of games solo. We're going to go to that first, and then we'll come in and finish with the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. Anything you want to tell the people about what you've done so far except buckle up, anything like that?
1: No, just a couple recommendations on lines that are going to move. Yes, okay, coming so, up.
0: so what you're saying is if you listen, you get actionable info. Absolutely. Well, it's time to listen.
2: Thursday night football, a lot of action in this game already. Look ahead line was Eagles minus nine at Houston. We are now looking at Eagles minus 13 at Houston.
1: Yeah, all the money on the Eagles, and I think because of the how good, certainly, that Philly looked and how bad that Houston looked Further, look at the matchups. Houston just got run over by a one-dimensional Tennessee Titan team, and the betters are feeling like, well, if a one-dimensional Tennessee team can run all over you, what's Philly going to do? A run-heavy team that can also pass. Um, my power ratings only make this 11.5, so it's gone past my power ratings, which means normally there's no way this could get to 14. I can tell you, despite the complete mismatch, if it gets to 14, I will bet Houston. I'll hold my nose with a uh, not that high of a total. But I can certainly understand why people are fading Houston in this game. And I could see there being an opportunity to bet on Philly rush yards as prop bets. Derrick Henry, oh, what he just picked up another 48 yards, I think. <laughs> uh, by the way, short week here on the, uh, the market report. Six teams on NFL Bias Cleveland dallas denver 49ers pittsburgh and the new york giants
2: you wonder if nfl is trying to get rid of some of that uh, world series uh, cross promotion but speaking of this thursday night football game game five of the world series will be in philly so not in houston different cities does that factor in at all is there any like eagles really want to beat the texans because of the world series i mean people have been talking about that anything at all no,
1: nobody cares about baseball. It's becoming a regional sport. I frankly, I thought the I thought baseball
2: was finished. It's still going on. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, there's two more teams battling it out. All right, we'll get into the next game then. New England hosting the Colts. Interesting line movement. Look ahead was minus five and a half. World Open. Patriots minus six hosting the Colts. Now back down to five and a half right around there.
1: Yeah, so the Sharps are taking Indianapolis and it's all about anti-New England sentiment. I get it. They've beaten the Jets 130 straight times. No, 13. 13 straight (laughs) times. But um, despite that matchup, if you watch that game, the Jets were bad, but New England was not impressive. And the feeling is that who is New England to be laying a touchdown to anyone right now? So my power ratings have these teams three points apart. If I give New England two for home field, I only get to five. Now that's a pretty skinny margin to take six. And you know what? It's way too skinny, and I'm learning about being skinny lately. (laughs) So uh, at five and a half, I think the momentum will end. I think that the pros took their bite at the apple at six, and it will not go any lower.
2: Very good, very good. In that same matchup, you talked about the Jets. They are hosting the Bills. Look ahead line was ten and a half. Then moved up to eleven and a half. Bills favorite at New York. World Open was Bills minus thirteen, and that's what we're looking at right now. Bills minus thirteen at New York.
1: Yes, and I make wow. You know, I have Buffalo ten points better than an average team. I think I'm not on an island. I think I'm pretty much um in line with where everyone else has them. That's kind of a about as good as the best team in the year in the league typically gets. Mackenzie, where would you put the Jets?
2: Um, one to thirty two. Coming in, I thought they were 32. They played better than that. I don't know how much better than that. I would say 24th out of 32. I have them 24th as well. Really?
1: (laughs) How many points worse than an average team would you put the Jets?
2: You're the expert at this. I would say 2.5 worse than an average team. We're on
1: the same point. Let's use your number. My number's two, 2, but we'll use your number. So that makes the line 12.5 on a neutral. Not to mention the Mm. fact that whenever you have – when your calculated um, spreads on using power ratings go above 10 – Usually there's value in the dog because once a team gets up double digits, the fourth quarter becomes a pick Look no further than the Buffalo-Green Bay game just this past uh, Sunday night. Now, I get it. Buffalo has buried teams before that Green Bay game where they kind of fell asleep. But in this case, at 13, I will predict that um, the betters will go ahead and back the Jets despite no Vera Tucker blocking, despite no Brees Hall running, um, it's just too many points. so hasn't moved yet though. And I got to tell you asymmetric risk. Boy, I'd much rather get 14 mm. than 13 and I don't really care if I get 12 or 13. So that there's that. And that you know that applies to, Not just this game, but the Philly-Houston as well. 13, a very, very dead number. Uh, Team goes up 12. They're going to go for two. So uh, you're not going to see games land 13 hardly at all.
2: So your power ratings made this game pretty close to what the look-ahead line said. Bills minus 11, minus 10. Yeah, my, my power ratings have it at 10, yes. And the market overreacting to a big Sunday night football game, perhaps. Moving on to the next game, the Bears are hosting the Dolphins. They are underdogs. Look ahead was Bears plus three and a half hosting the Dolphins world open at four and a half. And that's where we are right now. Dolphins four and a half point road favorites in Chicago.
1: Yeah. A little conflicting um, information on the weather might rain in Chicago. It might not, not going to be that cold. It's actually been unseasonably warm. Global warming (laughs) um, clearly is proven by this week. Um, Miami kind of got away with one in Detroit. They really had to use a whole lot of effort and, even the win by four points, Detroit was driving at the end of the game. So if Detroit can almost beat you, certainly Chicago can almost beat you. But, you know, the the market's not saying it's going to be Miami in a runaway. I only make this line three. And I think Fields is playing much better. And I get it. The Cowboys went ahead and mauled Chicago. But um, I get a team from South Beach heading to the Windy City past um, Halloween. I think it's past Halloween because I'm seeing a whole lot of – Goblins and 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 ghosts walking past me as I was driving in tonight. Here we are taping Monday night, right as Monday night football is wrapping up. So um, it has not moved yet, but I think if anything, you'll see support for your Mackenzie, your Chicago Bears. Exactly, and I've
2: heard of I've heard it's been pretty unseasonably warm. It used to snow like every other Halloween in Chicago, not so much anymore. Going to be sixty-eight tomorrow in the windy city.
1: You know that's funny. I got to I went to Northwestern, and I got to tell you that. I would go out on Halloween then I, I visited Northwestern my senior year and I went there on Halloween saw my friend Dan Winslow there Hello Dan and the every Halloween I made sure I had a costume that was um, multi-layered right. for this very reason <laughs> because walking home was a bitch because it was like you know freezing rain and 38 degrees already. this was back in 1982 to 1986. yes, I am old.
2: <laughs> I've been there. I've been there in Chicago on those cold, frigid Halloween nights. Moving on, we have the Washington Commanders hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Washington is a home dog in this one. Look ahead was Commanders plus two and a half. World Open was Commanders plus three. We are now looking at Commanders plus three and a half hosting the Vikings. Yeah, so
1: I saw the look ahead was two and a half, and it was leaking a little bit. The Vikings were catching some support at two and a half. But uh, now that it's at three and a half, that's a big half point there. Um, The football team is, I think they really like playing for Heineken. Heineke. And I'll stop that. So um, I I like the body language of this team. Here's a, a situation where Washington would normally be like, ah, you know, we gave it a good fight, but we're not going to get there to you know in this game. And they get it done against Indianapolis with a late rally. Um, really good decision by Heineke. Also risked the interception, one-on-one coverage, threw it up to the best player in the field, McLaurin, for a 50-50 ball, and he brought it down on the one. Um, so f- were they fortunate? To win, yes. Were they fortunate to cover? Yes. Was was it the type of pass that Aaron Rodgers ever seems to throw? No. And that you know that was certainly impressive. And the Vikings, they're an average team. Actually, got them rated one point better than an average team, which I think is more. At some point, you know, you win all your close games. I got to give you some credit. But I um I go back to Minnesota's um, played more um, games. Uh, they haven't played that many true road games. They weren't impressive against Miami, and I think Washington gets them in this game. I, uh, I'd i be surprised if those three and a half's held. I think there'll be support here for the home dog.
2: Commanders had a 20% chance to win before that bomb to McLaurin. That wasn't their low point. They had a fourth and one from their own 16-yard line. I'm going to put you on the spot here. What was their win percentage? They're down by six. 90 seconds to go. Fourth and one from their own 16. Commanders win percentage.
1: Thinking. I'm sorry. They they were down by six, right? Yeah, um, sixteen to ten.
2: How many timeouts? Good question. They had two timeouts remaining. Minute twenty six left. One in seven. One in se- about one in ten, actually, a little bit less than that. Pretty close. Interesting.
1: Uh, I always go back to the hunt for red October when the captain tells everyone. I I estimate our chances at one in three. And I'm like, if I'm the crew, I'm not real happy about that. It's like, if you want if you want to do this, that's fine. But why am I? Come on, I...
2: boys. We might survive. Yes. Yeah, rough.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, of course, that is the very low point for Washington. You always have to be careful whenever you see that 2% chance of winning, you know, and um, because, you know, things fluctuate throughout the game. And it was, you know, um, a pretty, let me see, is that a pretty evenly played game all in all?
2: By the stats, I think so.
1: Yes, uh, within 40 yards, they both gained six per play. So it's pretty even overall in the stats. Yes, so I think we'll see support for Washington. If you like Washington, I think you grab the 3.5 now.
2: Grab the 3.5 now if you like the Commanders hosting the Vikings. Next game, we had the Lions hosting the Packers. Lots of movement in this game. The look-ahead line was plus 3.5. We saw some Lions money come in. World Open was Lions plus three, and that's where we are right now. Lions plus three hosting the Packers. Sorry, we should have taped this last night.
1: So too late. Um, the value was on Detroit catching the three and a half. Um, I think it's gone. I made it three, and it is three. I don't like um, Green Bay at all this year. Uh, and Detroit just did play an inspired effort, but it's getting to the point where now all of a sudden it's clear that things have gone south in them for their year, and it's not going to be their year. Still, we would expect a Herculean effort from Detroit to save their season. But you know what? We would expect a Herculean effort from Green Bay to save theirs. Um, really a Dumbo move end game. endgame. Um, Detroit gets the dumbbell of the week. Um, they're down four against Miami. They try to throw a long pass to get in the end zone on fourth down with three minutes to play. Even if they complete it, they're giving Miami three minutes to come back and beat them. Got to pick up the first down on fourth and short there, run some clock, milk it down, score with under a minute. So I really dislike that play call, even though, you know, it certainly was fathomable that they were going to complete that pass maybe one, maybe one out of three times. Uh, I still d- didn't like the decision to go for the long pass.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Reminds me of that Browns Ravens end of the game situation where, yeah, you could make a 60 yard field goal. And then you have about a 45% chance to win. So all things considered, maybe if you had Fez as your consultant, you would have considered. Next game, we got a road favorite coming off the bye. The Chargers were three points on the look-ahead line, favorite at Atlanta. And that's where we are right now. Chargers minus three at Atlanta.
1: My goodness, Atlanta plays entertaining games, whether it be Super Bowls or uh or, or games this year. Um, yeah, if you missed that Carolina game, that was that was the the game of the year. Bottom line is it, it just escapes me why every college and NFL team doesn't have a rule. You score a touchdown, you immediately— Hand the ball to the ref as fast as possible. You sprint to the ref. You hand him the ball, and then you you avoid all of your players, your co-players. You you sprint to the sideline, and you know what? I don't care if you defecate on the sidelines. <laughs> I don't care if you strip. You can do whatever you want. But first, you get you get to where you're not going to get flagged for the unsportsmanlike. Because it cost it absolutely cost Carolina a game there. And um, you know, celebrating the touchdown. I will say this about Walker. He threw that ball 70 yards in the air. That's 12 yards further than I've seen Lawrence be able to chuck it for Jacksonville. So that kid has an arm. You saw the bomb, of course, right, Mackenzie?
2: Unbelievable. It made me want to take my helmet off and celebrate uncontrollably, but I've heard you're not supposed to do that.
1: <laughs> uh, and bottom line, Atlanta has a kicker, Kim, that doesn't miss, and uh, Carolina has one that does. Kickers are probably an underrated p- part of the of the handicapping. You know what? The market shrugging the Atlanta went off though. They're saying... Line should be three, and, and this really is a, a classic example, and I'll you know I'll go ahead and say it. even though, hey, games don't land three more than 10 percent of the time, you know what? Chargers at minus two and a half look they look attractive to me. They, they should find a way to win. Atlanta plus three and a half looks like a solid home dog. game. should be close. right. Let's go ahead and make it three. I do think, uh, boy, Atlanta games over sure look appealing to me, don't they now?
2: And we are going to skip the next game, Bengals hosting the Panthers. We'll see how the market reacts to the Monday night football shellacking of the Bengals. we got the next game here, the Jaguars hosting the Raiders. A little bit of movement in this line. World Open was pick'em, and we are now looking at Jaguars plus one hosting the Raiders.
1: Got quite a bit on this game. By the way, uh, these we always talk about these half points and how important they are. I want homework for everybody. The rest of your lives, every bet you make, I want you to add and subtract half a point from the point spread you get. By the end of your life, you will be amazed at how well you did catching an extra you know we're gonna magnify this. Give yourself an extra point or minus one point just to show you're gonna you're gonna crush it. I don't care how bad a, a handicap or better you are. You get an extra point on everything. you're you're gonna be shocked at how much money you're gonna make. But if you take away a point, you will be equally shocked at how quickly you become bankrupt. Uh, those half points and points matter so much. Look no further than tonight. If you looked at the screen on uh, the total, Monday Night Football, if you want it over, 44.5 was out there. You could play it at Bookmaker, one of the sharpest books in the world. 45.5, absolutely. William Hill had it. Saw it in a couple other books as well. Um, fiddle in the middle. McPherson missed extra point. A lot of uh, back and forth nonsense, signifying everything. 32 13. thirty-two plus thirteen.
0: 18. Wait yeah, a minute.
1: That, yep. Yeah, that's forty-five. <laughs> um, no one should. The, the book should get crushed. The book, every total bet should have won today that was made, but they won't have. Um, and if if you can middle a forty-five like that, I assure you, you can middle a three or a seven. Forty-five is kind of an overrated number because you need six touchdowns and one field goal. And it's just not nearly as common as, uh, as, as other outcomes as you would think. 44 is more common than 45. So 45 is normally not even that key of a number. 44 usually more important. And, um, and the rarely seen 46 is probably what we should have seen um, if they had made all their extra points. McPherson missing one. Um, let's go to Jacksonville. Uh, I'll make the case that uh, Jacksonville was in the air traveling to this destination when the Raiders were already there because the Raiders are staying east. They're going to be practicing in Clearwater, Florida. Mackenzie, can you check the map? How far is Clearwater from Jacksonville? I'm on it. And I think it was like SIG or something. I could have gotten that wrong. Doesn't matter. They're in They're in Florida. Um, they. There's talk that the, many on the team were sick with the flu. That was a complete no-show against New Orleans, an embarrassment. I got a team that shut out. That was favored in a game, and now they get a kumbaya week to try to save their season against a Jacksonville-Paycheck City team. Um, My power ratings make Jacksonville the slight favorite by a half. The spot is so good for Vegas. I can understand why money has come on Vegas, and that's why they're the one-to-one-and-a-half-point favorites. So that explains why. Don't bet Jacksonville, based on the power ratings, this is a really bad spot for the Jaguars.
2: Clearwater about 200 miles from Jacksonville, so I wonder if they take a short hour plane trip on day before the game or something. Sure. We will move on to the next game here, the Arizona Cardinals hosting the Seahawks. A little bit of movement in this game. The look-ahead was Cardinals minus three. World Open was Cardinals minus three, but quickly money came in, in Monday on the Seahawks. We are now looking at Cardinals minus two hosting the Seahawks.
1: I got to tell you, the NFL... There used to be really good bets if you did your homework early. You could bet Wednesday or Thursday and really get at some nice bets. That is no longer the case. You got to do your homework Sunday night. Right. And here, you know, here's an example. Heck, you got to do your homework for the next week Sunday night. <laughs> um, I get it. Seattle just played a really nice game and we bumped their power rating, and because of that, um, it makes sense that that plus three is going to drop. But there were plus threes that you could have bet on Sunday night. It's really hard for me to recommend that you play Seattle plus one and a half, but Seattle is the be- the better team, and Arizona does have a subpar home field advantage. So if I had to, I'd look to get at Seattle. I get now. Now we go from playing the plus three, we tease Seattle and hope they lose by four to seven, right, Mackenzie?
2: Exactly. Fiddle in the middle. <laughs>
1: That's what I was taught. Although we're not going to meddle because I really don't want a part of Arizona. Although, you know the Seattle team defies all logic. They where they just they're you know the running back the quarterback gets traded, their running back Penny gets hurt, their wide receivers get banged up. Jamal Adams done for the year. It's it's just incredible the how resilient that this team has. You could make the case, Geno Smith. What is he to win MVP? It was 750 to one at one book. He's probably down to 40 to one. 40 he's, to
2: one is our consensus number.
1: He's not going to win, but he's, he's he'll get. I think he's going to get a vote. Yes.
2: <laughs> the first Seattle quarterback in a decade to win an MVP vote. I'm here for it. All right, we got a playoff matchup rematch in this next game. The Bucks hosting the Rams. A little bit of movement in this line. Look ahead was Bucks minus one. Then after Thursday, it reopened at Bucks minus two and a half. The world open after the Rams lost on Sunday was two, but now we're looking at Bucks minus three, a week three, maybe two point eight Bucks favorite over the Rams.
1: So this is fascinating. The Bucks on the look ahead are minus one. They get their butts kicked by Baltimore. All right, maybe not butts kicked, but they lose the game as a favorite. And then it reopens two and a half, right? So right. makes no sense. It's uh, <laughs> I guess they need the game like blood. Could it be injuries, somebody coming back? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm, we're going to have to go ahead and take a look at, at what is going on there you know, to, to, to have that move. I think the Bucks got injured in the Baltimore game, though, right? They, they lost a key defensive player, I believe. Yeah, correct? Shaq Barrett, you're right. Yeah, so that's very strange. Um, now, I get the anti Rams sentiment, especially after the game against the 49ers. You know, the Rams might be done, though, soon. You know, world champions, injuries mounting, Cooper Cup ankle injury. It looks like he's going to play. But um, no game illus- no no game illustrates 2022 betting in the NFL more than this game. So uh, early, um, well, this morning, um, a market influencer, a respected market influencer, said Tampa Bay, bet Tampa Bay minus two and a half lay fifteen. They're the right side. You got to lay a little extra big. Boom, line goes to three. Line goes to three point one five. All right, and then. No more than oh, a couple hours after, oh, Cooper Cup is updated to probable. And right as that news breaks two minutes after, but before the line is adjusted, in comes our very own Hitman, who is Johnny not, on the spot. Johnny on the spot, who's not nearly as thin as I used to think he was. Hitman is like 6'1, 184. Wow, so, you guys have crossed paths. Uh, we are, you know, pretty if, close. If you got, if you got, you know, if you got Fezzik to be fatter, yeah, you better you better get to the window quick <laughs> quickly, or at least in the next few days on that one. Um the bottom line is so Hitman likes the Rams plus the three, and the influencer like Tampa Bay minus two and a half, and another example where three is such a key number. You could make a case and and for both instances, but here's the problem. On or off the three is only worth eighteen cents. So to summarize that. If you played both on every game minus two and a half and took three, you would lose. It would be really close and I am st- still debating people whether you whether you would win a hamburger or lose a french fry. <laughs> Playing every game lined, you know, where favorites line minus two and a half, minus three, minus three and a half. What would say, McKenzie, if you played both sides of every one of those games, would you win, lose, or push? I know it's close.
2: I think you would lose. I think it used to be worth 20 cents, but I agree with you. It seems to be worth less than that with more scoring and more uh, untraditional scoring with the two point conversions and everything.
1: I, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, wave of the future, look at the Monday night game. Offsides against the Bengals on the extra point. Oh, fourth and, well, go for the two-point conversion from the one. We're going to make that play, oh, about 56% of the time, 0.56 times two. Yeah, yeah, that's higher. That's bigger than one. It's
2: a tenth of a point for free right there.
1: There you go. And those tenth of a points with the analytics people, the coaches just shut the up, <laughs> uh, uh, up and just do what your analytics person is. And, and what is it with these announcers? I've, I figured it out. All these announcers, a lot of them played football. All right, so they they got taught the colors wrong. They got taught how to you you know run the ball three times and punt when you're up by a score late in the game, and you know never you know um, always take the points, always punt fourth and two, and they they just learned it completely wrong. And they also got um, presumably you know when they were up and coming, they got taught by people that you know by John Madden and other coaches. That maybe it was correct back when they were, you know, um coaching to go ahead and take the points. There's still a time to take the points. Like I believe in fourth and one, like from the opponent's 25, 28, that's a good time to go ahead and take the three points. But for the most part, let the analytics people take over and be aggressive and stop, you know, stop being the old guy, get off my lawn. I've been preaching this for years and years and years. And every time it fails, they throw the coach under the bus. And every time that they make it. You know, they just ignore it. And so often I see, like, at the end of the half, I saw this in a college game, I believe. A team had a fourth down and, like, five from the opponent's 37. And there was about 40 seconds left. And they went for it. And the announcer's were like, oh, well, I, I, you know, in this situation, I think you got to punt. And I'm just like, I want to strangle them. I'm like, you're going to make it half the time. You're on the 37. They're on their own 37. All right, maybe you don't make it half the time. You're going to make it 45% of the time. You got 13 extra. You you, could, you got 13 extra yards of field position, but really you can double it. You're 37 yards from the touchdown, and they're 63 away. So you're so much more likely to score. And if you get the first down, guess what? You um you're not on the 37 no more. You're on the 30. And if you fail, you might even pick up a few yards. You see where I'm going? That this is just no such a slam dunk, and yet so many coaches in a spot like fourth and two from their opponents, even 45 in that spot, fourth and five. The fourth and five, I would say, more than half still punt in college. in the NFL, they've gotten better and better,
2: yeah. Think about it. What are the chances you pin them at the one yard line? They're still not going to score. even if they get the ball in the thirty seven, they're not going to score most of the time with forty seconds. You have an opportunity to score on your on the opponent's thirty seven yard line.
1: You know, cutting edge analytics also, I love trying to go, you know, and the the NBA for the two for one was not always a part of the NBA. That became something that the NBA evolved to. Mackenzie, when you first started watching the NBA, would would they go two-for-one?
2: It was something that they first started talking about in the early 2000s, but I don't think it was commonplace until maybe 2010.
1: Right. They'd say, you've got to get a good shot. And even college basketball, they fail all the time on the two-for-one. And they fail, you know, the clock's running in the first half, so when your opponent makes a basket with like 42 seconds left, don't inbounds the ball. The play clock is running. The shot clock is not, you know, stall. And the college basketball players just get it completely wrong. Where I'm going is – you really want to try to do the 1-for-0 um, break on possessions at the end of the first half. And what do we mean by that? If you get a fourth and short or even a fourth and, and medium and there's two minutes left, you want to do everything you can to try to pick up the first down, even if it costs you 40 yards. Fake a punt, go for it, because the possessions are going to break 1-1 if you give up the ball, and you want the possessions to break one zero, and you maximize that by being ultra-aggressive on your fourth downs.
0: And I'm back. It's Sunday night football. Tennessee, you could say Fez's nemesis. I will promise you this. We will be leading the recap with the question of when do we take teams seriously that tend to just win, win, and win? And when do we stop playing on the teams that lose, lose, and lose? I think it's an important question, Fez. You ready to have a a come-to-Jesus moment?
1: You know, Tennessee is a winner. A quandary.
0: A winner. A
1: quandary. You know, they're the
0: number two seed right now.
1: You know they're so bad they're statistically and, and maybe
0: we're looking at it wrong.
1: We, I, you know, could be another New England Patriots in the works.
0: Well, no, well, it is Vrabel. It is a guy that was yeah. with Belichick. But I would say this, and we'll get into it when you're asking the Houston Texans to win a game, mm-hmm. and for the Tennessee Titans to lose a game. That feels like a big ask in both ways. Both at the same time doesn't feel right at all. When Henry is averaged like 220 yards against him, the last you know X number of – I just hey, – I hated the quarterback so bad. I don't think he's ready. Obviously, he wasn't. Six completions. It made me think, okay, I'm going to go with it.
1: Yeah, 26 plays in the second half. One pass for Tennessee. Didn't matter. You yeah. know, couldn't stop Henry. And they and didn't even mean to pass. And exactly. And why Henry probably went the wrong direction, so they wound up passing. Um, and and why pass when you've got a, a running back that just goes for two hundred against the opponent each and every time they play?
0: Which again, to some degree, there was a lot of Henry skepticism. To he's he's all the standards, all the norms, all the the rule of three seventy. You know, it doesn't apply to him.
1: Maybe getting injured last year. Was the best thing that could happen for him this year. A foot
0: injury with a big running back.
1: Yeah, at least he didn't get another 400 carries and touches. Oh,
0: I don't know. He started slower this year than he ever has. And the fact that he's better now... Looks good. ...tells me that it was he's still recovering from yes. that injury. Which makes you wonder about how he was even trying to play in January. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I, what I was... I will do one quick 30-second side note here. It reminds me of this line, which I never quoted before is it's a kind of a love song and we said oh he passed once and didn't even try is <laughs> it goes in for, he's kind of broken hearted he goes in 14 months i only smiled once but i didn't do it consciously kind of like that you follow they didn't want to pass but mm. they did <laughs> but they still won now tennessee a lot of skepticism in this game currently the line 11, 11, Kansas City at home favorite.
1: Oh, no longer 11. So up to, up to 12 and a half. Power move on this game at 11.40 a.m. You're right, it was 11, and then blink, boom. Within five minutes, it went up to 12. Currently, 12, wow. 12 and a half. All right, so
0: let's go through, let, let me go through the moves, and, and then you got the last one there. All right, so in the summer, this line was Six. So, Kansas City, the better team. Tennessee, the number one seed last year, expected to drop off, lost a receiver. That was the, you know, kind of the table setting. Now, the look ahead line was 10.5. All right. Now, what's happened in the interim? Uh, Tennessee won another game with a bad quarterback. Right? As bad as any quarterback that's taken a snap this year.
1: Well, it's kind of even hard to evaluate him as a quarterback because all he did was hand the ball off.
0: But isn't that the evaluation? (laughs) And in the preseason, he just wasn't running the offense.
1: That's right. Was... um, would get benched for not running the right play even yeah. though even when he performed well. But,
0: yes. Yeah, because he, his physical there's no no physical skill sufficient to be outside of structure all the time and win in winning the NFL. That's right. So they, it's just not acceptable. Now, everyone's going to talk about Kansas City and Andy Reid off a of bye. Well, we knew last week they were off a of bye, right? So when this line was 10 and a half, what's happened since? Well, Tennessee's won, Kansas City hasn't played, but Tannehill didn't start, and it felt like he was going to start. It did. The
1: fact that he took did. us by surprise, and then the market got the memo. I would say about Saturday around noonish, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we that saw it was the unlikely, lo- unlikely, and then the line uh, cratered down. Tennessee was a two-point favorite, went down to pick them at that point, which
0: yes. tells you that a lot of the line was already built in. That he he the was the uncertainty, yeah, was yeah. The uncertainty was built 50-50 in
1: 50-50 or you know somewhere around there. Yeah.
0: Okay, so today though, it going from ten and a half to eleven, okay, but then from eleven to twelve and a half, that feels like information. Yes,
1: and it happened all at once. The move from eleven to twelve happened at eleven forty a.m. Pacific. We always speak Pacific because we're in Las Vegas, yes. the betting capital of the world. And, well, I'm I, tied Todd, let's say Macau. But go ahead. That wasn't and that wasn't information bet based. That that well, it, it was probably information based, but not public information but money came
0: let's talk about that so yeah. so let's agree the money came heavy on KC at a certain point right. and 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 that's good advice in general is does the money do the moves happen five, ten minutes apart at different books that's a sign where a book might be moving on air it's a sign that a, uh, it might be a trickle of money and people see it oh look it's moved i got to still get this 11 and a half now if it all happens within a minute or so it's 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 coordinated it's a syndicate move
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, sometimes that, either that or some heavy influencer comes out to support a play with lots. Yeah, of followers. but but no one. But no
0: one. But they're not sitting. There. I mean, in the rarest of cases, are they sitting there waiting for the? Re- I mean, if there's some official release time. Right. If there's a show that says, "Here's my best bet coming out," something like that. Yeah, I accept that. But if it's something where you know, like back, you know, in the day, there was a a nondescript service that a syndicate, this is back in the late 90s, started betting the NBA from. Mm. And it was like that all of a sudden for about, ooh, I think maybe a year and a half, season and a half, this this NBA would come out from this service and it would move. Then one day it just stopped. Mm -hmm. One service decided, okay, we're not going to play it anymore. And it stopped. So in general, it feels like, that this wasn't a lack of information. It, this wasn't inside information. This seems to be kind of like Sherlock Holmes style, the dog who didn't bark. Because what ended up happening was uh, Vrabel came out and said, We'll talk about Tannehill on Wednesday, was it? He said? Yeah. Okay. So they must have been wait. They must have thought, okay, we should hear Tannehill was on pace to start. The absence of that feels like it's what moved this line.
1: I agree, and I think that is what happened. And I have a four-point downgrade in quarterback. I got ten hail an average quarterback. I got Willis, four points worse than an average, um, which means a healthy 10 hill, I make this game 10. With the backup quarterback, I make it 14. It's currently sitting at 12.5.
0: Okay, Mackenzie, do I have my quarterback composite?
2: Uh, no, I've not updated that yet. I did note on the screen there uh, Malik Willis's place on that list. Okay, so lowest QBR and PFF grade of any QB
0: starter this season was that was that one game? Okay, um, do me a favor, take a look at Tannehill because I think we're probably being unfair. I think the three interceptions, I think it was in that playoff game, I think it's lingering. Tannehill has been shockingly good statistically to me over the last few years. So if we look at is this last
2: week? This is entering, yeah, this is uh, as of last week.
0: Yeah, so as of last week, right, this year, Tannehill, that's interesting, was 21 in our composite. So, um, uh, so maybe maybe average is fair enough, because I would say in the a couple years prior, <laughs> it, it hasn't him. been. But obviously, is that him changing? No, probably not. It's more he doesn't have a receiver. Yes. They weren't running as well earlier in the year. Um, then let's check your logic on the four points. By what the line would have been last week, Houston. So, you, what you're kind of saying is Tennessee would have been favored by four because the game closed kind of pick them. Would you agree with that? Yes. Tennessee would have been favored by four. You're saying with Tannehill healthy. Yes. Does that sound
1: right? It does.
0: Okay, so you're giving what Houston one and a half for home? Yep. Okay, so five-and-a-half points better is Tennessee with Tannehill?
1: I got Tennessee right as an average team uh-huh. with Tannehill, and I've got Houston – I had Houston as a minus-five-and-a-half.
0: Okay, so that that all pretty much lines up. If anything, we're saying even a little higher of a – you're saying uh, – well, with home field, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I um, I just downgrade Houston a point based on that horrific yeah. performance. So, all right,
0: so what you're saying here is – and let's do a sanity check – is the line in – is this line will continue to go up if Tannehill, if Tannehill was declared out on Wednesday. This line would go up. Yes. What do you think it would go to? 13 and a half. Okay, not 14, though.
1: Not 14, because when you get to that, the math says 14. But remember, when we go above double digits now we got to have some some um, dampening effect for the fourth quarter where they even when a teams you know that much better they let take their foot off the gas
0: it, yeah the assumption is of a certain percentage of the time and majority of the time they're going to be leading and if they're leading by a lot and it doesn't matter what scenario you put into the database fourth quarters are usually break even or if anything the losing team doing a little bit better you know it might be like 8 points to 7 or whatever It's very rare to see the team winning over the uh, databases long-term to win the fourth quarter, too.
1: Yes, poster child would be Buffalo-Green Bay. Buffalo kicks Green Bay's butt the entire game. Yeah, Green Bay won the fourth quarter 7-0.
0: Yeah. I think it
1: it was 7-0.
0: Yeah. So, I agree with all that. I tell you, though, I kind of like Kansas City in that spot. And here's the rationale. They were able to hide Willis- Against a weak team with the lead, now what's the chance you're not going to be down against Kansas City at some point?
1: Very little.
0: And is now what happens?
1: Interceptions, strip sacks.
0: You know what I think? I actually like the under. The more I think about it, I bet Vrabel accepts they're not going to win this game if
1: it, uh, it doesn't
0: want to have doesn't want Willis all messed up. I bet they pull in an Atlanta and run even just down. Keep four.
1: keep running if they're down seventeen nothing. You know what? Yeah. You keep know, running, because if they lose
0: it's, 17-7, it's not so and bad. And I don't
1: need my rookie quarterback to, like, come out, you know, just, like—, like Yes.
0: So I really like the under there. Hmm. Huh.
1: That's I. I that That's makes interesting, isn't it? It does.
0: Because, I mean, do you really see Vrabel letting Willis throw a couple— of, I mean, if he was so bad, they wouldn't let him even in the—up by—what was it, 17-3, that game? I mean, they were up 17-3 against Houston, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, they didn't.
0: They still didn't you think
1: they'd let him throw a few— to can kind I of get his foot feet? Nope, no. He could screw it up. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna win if we just hand it off to Henry.
0: So you're telling me he's gonna be throwing against Kansas City? Well, he down? might
1: if they were home because Vrabel would say, "Yeah, we got to, we could upset them." But I think at Kansas City, it's it, it's business decision time. Yeah, if he gets down. Yeah.
0: All right. Anything else? That's it. All right. So thirteen and a half is what you predict if. Willis oh,
1: has to start? I, I might bet yes for an interception for a prop because I think— But people, uh, he has to throw the ball. Well, but he, but that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's I what, might bet no, yeah, actually. Yeah.
0: It, well, if my theory's right, it wouldn't be yes there.
1: I—, I, I, I Every time he drops back and actually throws the ball, I think there's a much higher chance, but I don't know if there's going to be enough usage to get there. Yes, I agree with you, directionally completely.
0: Now, the way. total in this game, 47 at opened, now 46 and a half. Some money
1: already coming. It is under.
0: interesting. And when did that move happen? One second. Because if, if that move happened 1140 or later, mm. it all seems to be lining up. Yes. If, it, if not, but you can still, like – Kansas City and not really have. I mean, if I like Kansas City, I want Willis to throw. I don't want, oh, sure. if anything, it kind of makes me like the dog because it would be somewhat correlated. Mm.
2: Looks like just in the last hour, it dropped, it dropped from 47 to 46.5. So, not How did they know time. I
0: was going to say that, though? <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. So, Bugs. good stuff there. Let's go on to Monday Night Football. Why don't you, you could do the move, Fez.
1: All right. So, the look headline was three and he was a half. Who's playing? Baltimore's playing New Orleans. All right, all right. Game's in the Louisiana Mercedes Dome, um, huh. Caesar's Palace, Mercedes Dome, whatever they're calling it. I think Line... it's the
0: Superdome. They call it. Yes. No, they did. I don't know. I think it's a long time been ago. Been. Yeah.
1: Um, it's, I think it's the same building. It doesn't right? really matter. It doesn't matter. So we're big... not going to let corporate <laughs> factors and influences affect us. It's loud. Yes. Um The I look...
0: was at that stadium once for the high yeah. state game against Florida. Uh, oh uh, no! Against LSU in the national championship when LSU had two losses in two thousand eight. Oh, I guess it was two thousand nine.
1: Buckeyes always represent. I bet they're only a fourth of the crowd. We
0: were we were in the very last row of the Superdome. <laughs> like our heads were almost hitting the dome.
1: The rare case where the Buckeyes traveling well is not. It's not going to overcome nah. going going to the Bayou. No.
0: All right, so let's do Monday night.
1: All right, so Baltimore laying three and a half on the look ahead. And despite Baltimore winning on Thursday against Tampa Bay, nice win. But New Orleans, what a win against the Raiders. Domination. So game opens three, down from three and a half from the look-ad. And a little bit of money coming in on the home dog here, down to 2.8 currently. So still three, but um, the betters are looking to play the dog.
0: Now we could explain what we think of that Saints win, but wait, isn't that part of the recap? Yes, it would be the recap. So, what you're saying in this game is the look ahead till the open, the Saints' improvement meant more than the Baltimore win. Because the Saints looked like they were free falling in a way. They had just been beat uh, in London, right? Yes. And all of a sudden, it's like the Raiders, a lot of people were talking Raiders were starting to surge. This team was above average. Let's just tease a little. How much did you downgrade the Raiders?
1: I don't know if it was two or two and a half. One
0: second. Because remember, they had the flu bug going all around two that team. So, no accounting for the flu.
1: I thought about it. That's why it's only two. It was such a poor performance.
0: Yeah. So, but the question is how much credit do the Saints get? Well, stay tuned because I don't know what order. You, if, if you've listened to the recap first, you know already. If not, stay tuned. Any closing thoughts, Faz?
1: I think there's value plus three on the Saints. I think this is going to go down to two and a half.
0: All right. So you've
1: got a couple of line moves you've talked about throughout. Do you want to repeat those? Yeah, I will. So uh, Minnesota, Washington, if you like Washington, take the yeah, What direction do you
0: think it's going? It's
1: going down. Take the three and a half on Washington.
0: So if you like the dog, go uh, sooner. If you like the favor, Wait.
1: Exactly. Uh Miami, Chicago. If you like the dog, grab the plus five right now. So it's going Miami. down. I think it's dropping. Yes.
0: That's the two biggies.
1: Those are the two biggies, but I'm gonna add this Monday night game, Saints plus three.
0: Three big live move predictions. All right, we'll be back next week. It comes out early Tuesday morning. And remember the recap, remember we got the daily five days a week, weekdays, straight out of Vegas AM. And then we got our Thursday morning release on the Dream Preview. Looks like a no, it is a four-in-one week. It's good to get back on track. Talk to you then.